When you determine I'm moving to the next level, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to leave everything behind me. I'm going to take a step out of what's been comfortable. I'm going to move into what God has for me. You don't live according to what you see. You don't live according to what you feel. You live according to what the Spirit of God has placed inside of you. And so if I'm trying to get to a new level, then I have to begin to think and hear differently. I got to begin to see differently. My life as I know it has to change. Sing a little louder. 
to sing. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Yeah. Sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. today.
problem with being out of focus. We're going to start in Mark chapter number four, and I'm going to read um, this story um, twice, one out of Mark and one out of Matthew, and then we're going to look at another story. See, Jesus deals with uh, crisis. Jesus deals with issues and problems, and we're going to look how Jesus deals with this and what the response was. The problem with being out of focus, Mark chapter number four and verse 35 and i'm going to read out of the uh, new living translation it says as evening as evening came jesus said to his disciples let us cross to the other side of the lake and so they took jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed but soon a fierce storm came up but soon a fierce storm came up and um, high waves were beating into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that 
we drown. Now, now here we see these here. Jesus says, let's go to the, this is where, this is the assignment. Jesus tells his disciples, hey guys, we need to, we need to go to the other side of the lake. Jesus was sleeping. Everybody say Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat. His head was on the cushion and the disciples woke up screaming, hey, don't you care that we're fixing to drown? Now, before the storm came, let's put this into, into context. Before the storm came, there were a lot of things happening in this moment. And I like to call this a faith moment. These were miracle moments that were taking place. This moment, Jesus was teaching parables, stories, and and um, a massive folks were there. And the disciples were there watching Jesus. And uh, people were healed, set free, delivered. And it was a faith moment. And uh, uh, notice, though, Jesus was with his disciples. And I want to take a moment and, and I want to list for you um, what happened during this moment. And what happened was Jesus heals a man with leprosy. A Roman officer comes to Jesus, and because of the officer's faith, his servant is healed. Now, let's talk, let's talk about that for a moment, because this is a Roman officer. He comes to Jesus, and his servant is the one sick. And the Bible says that his servant is in intense pain, and the servant can't work for the officer because of the level of pain. And so the, the servant doesn't come, but the officer comes and comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, go back home because, because you believed it has already happened. So, so sometimes you got to have faith for yourself, and sometimes you got to have faith for somebody else. So that's why it's called spiritual family, amen. And so Jesus goes to Peter's, um, Jesus goes to Peter's mother-in-law's home. She's in bed with a high fever. Jesus touches her hand. And she is instantly, my Bible said, healed. Instantly, just by the touch of Jesus. And then at the very end of this, Jesus casts out demons out of a whole bunch of people. And then my Bible says everybody in that moment got healed. There was not one that got left out. Jesus never leaves anybody out. Amen. Jesus doesn't play favorites. Hallelujah. Everybody gets touched and gets healed. And now, now moving forward, we see where Jesus suddenly realizes, you know what, guys, I just laid hands on everybody. I just touched people. I, I just spent a whole lot of time. I'm ready to go. And so Jesus tells his disciples, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go. Let's go to the other side. Now, I want to go to Matthew chapter number eight. Matthew chapter number eight. Verse 23 through 27. And um, it says this. Then Jesus, now this is another um uh, same same tra- same story, different uh, translations. Then Jesus got into the boat and started, started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid you have so little faith? And then he got up, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And in verse 27, the disciples were amazed. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Let's take a look at this. Same thing. Disciples went and woke Jesus up. Lord, we're going to drown. And Jesus said, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. They just had a faith moment. They just saw miracles take place. They just saw healings take place. They just saw all this great stuff, and they're having a faith moment, a faith issue. 
Where's their faith? Why are you, why is this fierce storm making you afraid? Let me tell you why. Right, we're going to look from the disciples' perspective, okay? This storm, it was different. It wasn't like, these guys are commercial fishermen. This is what they do for a living. This is how they, this is their life. Fishing is their life. But this storm was different. They had never experienced this type of storm before. It was intense because of the intensity of this storm. Their boat was starting to take on water. Number three, they were stuck. The boat would not move forward due to the massive waves. And some scholars say they were stuck in the middle of the lake for about six to eight hours before they woke up Jesus. So here they are, and they're rowing, and they're trying to get to the, trying to move forward, trying to do what God told them to do, trying to move forward, trying to complete the assignment Jesus gave to them, but they're stuck because of a storm that they've never experienced before, they've never felt the intensity before, and it caused them to stuck, be stuck. The problem with being out of focus. The disciples had a problem, and their number one problem was what? Say it. Fear was their problem. Fear had overwhelmed them. Fear. They were, some translations say that they were terrified. What is fear? It's an emotional response induced by a perceived threat that causes a change in brain and organ function as well as in behavior, as well as in behavior. They started to panic. Fear produces panic. Fear produces anxiety, worry. This storm, this crisis, this problem, this thing the disciples have never experienced before strikes this lake. It wasn't even an ocean. It was a lake, and they became fearful. They probably did everything that they could to not bother Jesus. By the time they went to Jesus, they were terrified, they were afraid. The disciples, these guys, they knew they knew Jesus. They hung out with him. They were with him. They saw his miracles. They experienced breakthroughs. They were living in revival, hallelujah, but had lost their focus in the middle of this lake with Jesus and couldn't function because fear gripped them. They couldn't move forward anymore because the waves, because the situation was crashing around their, all around them in their boat, and they didn't know how to move forward. They feared for their life. They feared they were losing control, losing their, their stability, losing their livelihood, and ultimately they were afraid of losing their life. And Jesus gave them their focus, and he said, hey, we're going to go forward. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. But because they were paralyzed with fear, they couldn't see forward because of what was going on around them. When you lose focus, ladies and gentlemen, when you lose focus, the first thing that you lose is your sight. The disciples lost their sight. The disciples couldn't move forward, couldn't see forward. You lose your motivation. You, you lose your movement. You stall out, and you only can see what's going on around you, and you can't see past that. If we, if we look at through the filter of, of what's going on in America today, a lot of people can't see past racism. A lot of people can't see past COVID. A lot of people can't see past the election. And there's more things going on right now than just those, those areas. There's things happening in the spiritual realm that none of us can see, that none of us know about, and God is doing something. 
There's a stirring. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a fresh wind blowing, but we got to be focused on what God is doing and what's not, what, what's not happening or happening around us. And so here's the disciples, the waves, the rain, the wind caused them to lose their focus. The storm around them became their primary focus. What was going on around them became their focus. They allowed the noise, the thunder, the lightning, the wind, and the rain around them to become louder than the voice of Jesus in their boat. And so we want to ask you a question today. Is the, is the world's voice louder than God's voice in your life? Is the world's voice louder than God's voice in your life? Is the noise of the storm greater than the voice of peace in your life? It, I love that. Is the noise of the storm greater than the voice of peace in your life? You got to figure out what's driving you, what's making you move, go forward, go backwards, or stall. What noise are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Let's look at the second storm. Matthew chapter 14, I think it's in the handout I gave you, Matthew chapter 14. It talks about another storm. So let's go there if, you have, if you're in your Bible, if you're looking on the, on the handout. Here we see in Matthew 14, Jesus, um, just before this, Jesus does a crazy miracle. In this story, Jesus feeds 5,000, okay? And here we see in Matthew 14, let's look at it, and, and Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. So he's already saying, hey, guys, have some faith. Have courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Talking to Peter, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. So here we are talking to Peter. Hey, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. Verse 22 says, and immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. After he fed the 5,000, they got into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance. So Jesus went up to a mountain and prayed by himself, and he sent the, the disciples away, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, this is a windstorm. This storm is different than the other storm, okay? This is a windstorm. Verse 25, and shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what? Terrified. They were what? Fearful. And they said, it's a ghost and cried out in fear in verse 27. But Jesus says to them, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come walk on the water. If it's you, come tell me to come out on the water if it's really you. Verse 29, Jesus says, come. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and says, what again? You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Same thing, same thing, same thing, okay? And so what happened? Peter saw the, the, the problem. He saw the wind. He, he what? He lost focus. He saw the wind, became afraid, cried out, save me. Well, of course Jesus is going to save you, right? Of course. 
And Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and said, man, you have little faith. You just saw me. Okay, I bet Jesus is feeling some type of way. You just saw me. I fed 5,000 people, okay, I, I just, with, with five loaves of bread and two fish, okay? I just fed them, five, the, and you still have little faith? You, you've been in church for 30 years, and you still have little faith? Why? Why do we do that? Why do we mess up? Why do we doubt? Because we look at the wind. Because we look at the storm around us. Because we're always looking at everything else around us instead of looking forward. And that's where America is today. Looking around everything around us instead of looking at the, 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 the Father. He, I'm going to sit and I'm going to just relax. Because you know what? God is still in control. Still in control. I don't care what's going on around me. God is in control. In control. He is our deliverer. He is our Messiah. He is our focus. He's our focus. I'm going to trust him. Peter saw the wind, became afraid, started to sink. Lord, save me. And of course, our Savior saves him. What can we pull out of this story? We see it so clearly here. Peter, in, in my opinion, Peter had a little attitude. He kind of had a little attitude. He said, if it's you, tell me to come. And so don't, 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 don't tempt Jesus. You know, Jesus is going to say, you know, come. Come, come, Peter, come, come on the water. It's me. Come. So Peter steps out and he gets distracted. The problem with being out of focus is that when we're not focused, everything in our life becomes out of focus. Everything in our life becomes out of focus. So the problem with being out of focus is that everything in your life becomes out of focus. Your job, your business, your family, your spiritual life, all of that becomes out of focus in your life. The problem with being out of focus is that you can't see clearly. What is, what do we, what is the, number two, the number one denominator here is that these guys, the disciples and Peter, could not see. They couldn't see. As soon as they dropped their head, they could no longer see what they were focused on. Jesus says, Peter, come hang out with me on the water, steps out on faith, the supernatural takes over, and then he gets afraid and forgets who invited him. If he would have just looked up, locked his focus on Jesus, he would have been just fine. When you lose focus, your perception becomes foggy and your vision becomes blurred and you don't see things clearly. You may want to write these down. What am I focused on? Am I focused on positive stuff or negative stuff? Am I leading my life? Am I leading my family? Am I leading my business with godly vision or is my vision out of focus? What am I focused on? Am I focused on the positive or the negative? And am I leading my life, my family, my business with godly vision or is my vision blurred? Our problem today for most is that our vision is out of focus. Is out of focus. What are we focused on? Are we focused on life or death, blessing, curses, abundance, overflow or lack? Is what I'm focused on today pushing me forward, holding me back, or worse of all, causing me to stall out and to become complacent and lazy? What are you focused on? I don't want to be. I don't want to be complacent and lazy and 
and I don't want to stall out, and God knows I don't want to be holding back. I need to be moving forward. In the middle of, in the middle of all the mess, we got to be moving forward. The next thing, the problem with being out of focus, is that you become critical and cynical. You become critical and cynical because when you were focused, everything was all right. When you were focused, you loved everybody. When you were focused on Jesus, on the Father, on the good things of life, your life was just fine. But all of a sudden, you become blurred. Things become blurry, and you get critical of people, cynical. You start making fun of people. A few things. The problem with being out of focus is no one can live up to your great expectations. Second thing is everything that anyone ever does Cause you to roll your eyes. Well, there she goes again. Oh, he's saying that again. Talking about faith again. Are you really, Pastor John? You just talked about that last month. Again? You're talking about fear again? Ugh. You're talking about revival again? Ugh. Out of focus. You think you have all the answers and no one can tell you anything. You have all the answers. Your relationships, relationships become out of focus. All of a sudden, your friendships, no, you don't, you're not calling nobody, ain't nobody calling you, and you're just isolated because you're out of focus. We're built, all of us, we're built to have relationships. We're all built to love each other, love somebody. The, when when, when uh, Jesus created Adam and Eve, uh, he built the helpmate so that Adam wouldn't be a lonely. It, we're, we're made to work together. And so if you're having trouble with your relationships, you might want to check your focus. You're not yourself. When you're out of focus, you're not yourself. You're Normally, you're just happy-go-lucky, and, and, and all of a sudden, now you're just critical, cynical, mad. What should I focus on? I'm so glad you asked. What should I focus on? Here we go. Matthew 8, verses 18 through 22, NIV. says, And when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake, and then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, let's just talk, stop and talk, talk about that for a minute. The foxes have dens, the birds got a nest, but I got nowhere to stay. I got nowhere to, to, to rest. I don't want our church to have all the programs and everything that we think we need but we don't have a place for the Son of, for, for, for God to come and rest. Then verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. The New Living Translation, I think, says, let the spiritual dead bury their own dead. Let the spiritual, those that are dead spiritually, bury their own dead. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we focus? How do we refocus? Jesus said, Here's the key. Follow me. Forget about all the other stuff and come and go with me. Follow me. Proverbs 4, you may want to write this down. I forgot, I didn't put it in your notes and I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter number 4. The problem of being out of focus. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.25, Passion Translation says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose looking straight ahead ignoring life's distractions. Let's just, let's just look at this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed 
purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. Let me say something. You know, it's hard to ignore what's going on around you. It's hard because you know what? We're all facing different things. We all have different problems. Things things are just going on. And it's, not, it's hard, but you know what? We got to give it to the Lord. Say, you know what? I can't fix it. I can't control it. I can't do anything about it. So I give it to you and I trust you that you're going to do it. You're going to move. You're going to work. You're going to make everything work together for my good. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to learn that not everything that I fight is my battle. Not everything is my battle. You can't change your husband. You can't change your wife. You can't change your work associate. You can't change it. Holy Spirit is the only person that can change somebody. And I don't care how long you preach to somebody and how many times you quote scripture to somebody, they're rolling their eyes anyway because they're not focused on that. They're not focused on your, on your, on your prophetic words. and They're not focused on that. They just want someone to say, you know what, I love you. I see, I see, I see past your, 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 um, your mask and how you're acting, uh, and I see who God has called you, who God's created you to be, and what you are right now isn't really what you're supposed to be, but I see the real person on the inside of you, and I'm, I'm going to call that out. I'm going to quit calling you. I'm going to quit talking bad on you. I'm going to quit calling you different names. I'm going to call you a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God, and I'm going to pull out the created value on the inside of you. See, because God doesn't see us as sinners or as people who've messed up, or he sees us as his perfection. He sees us as folks who, who, who were, were, were in bondage to sin and needed a savior, and he rescued us, and he is our focus. Not a beer bottle, not a wine, not, not, not food, not a video game. None of that matters. He is our focus. So he says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. Hebrews 12 and 2, write it down, Passion Translation. We look away from the natural realm. This is, this is a word right here. We look away from the natural realm and we what? Fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Man, that's good. Can we look at that again? This is, this is how we're going to do it, guys. How are we going to get refocused? We're going to look away from the natural realm. We're going to turn the TV off. If it's making you out of focus, that's your enemy. If social media is getting you out of focus, that's your enemy. So we're going to look away from the natural realm, and we're going to fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who has birthed faith within us, and who leads us forward, not stalled out, not stuck, not backwards, but he leads us forward into faith's perfection. Because this is so true. If, if everybody would quit looking at everything and forming an opinion, and nobody cares. Nobody cares, okay? okay our focus is What's, what does God say? What's, what's going on? Have I hit my knees? Have I pray? Before I say my opinion, what is, what's God's opinion? What does the word say? 
about this. But we're so quick and we're so... (laughs) So we're going to look away from the natural realm. We're going to fasten our gaze unto Jesus. We must not allow the irritations of this present day to infect our hearts. We must not allow the irritations of this present day to infect our hearts. And a lot of us are not focused because our hearts are infected. Our hearts are infected. Because we've, we've, we've been fighting this battle naturally. And God wants to fight it for you in this supernatural realm. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. I want to, God says, I want to fight your battles. I want to, I want to, if you're fighting them, you're not giving him an opportunity to do anything. So we can't allow the irritations of this present day to infect our hearts. The problem with being out of focus. Here's how we focus. I said it earlier with fixed purpose. We look away from the natural realm. You can write these down in your notes. They're on the bottom of your handout. Number two, we fasten. We set our gaze onto Jesus. Three, we ignore life's distractions. We follow Christ as he leads us forward. That's that's how we're going to move forward. We're going to stay. We're going to have fixed purpose. We're going we're gonna to have vision. The Bible says in Proverbs, without vision, people what? Cast off restraint. They perish. And some, some translations say without prophetic vision. Without prophetic vision, people perish. This is prophetic, guys. This is prophetic. I'm giving you vision today. I'm giving you vision. This is how we refocus. What are we going to focus on? We're going to focus on the goodness of God. We're going to focus on what God is doing. We're not going to focus on what somebody did to us or so what somebody didn't do or if they didn't, you know, say hello or hug you. No, no, no. That's how the enemy, the enemy divides vision. He divides your vision and he wants you off focus and he wants you to be fighting each other and that's what he wants. He wants you to have a divided vision. But with fixed purpose, we look away from the natural realm. We're going to set our gaze, fasten onto Jesus. We're going to ignore all the crazy stuff. And we're going to follow Christ as Christ leads us forward. Amen. I want to share a story with you. Mark DuPont, he's a prophetic minister. And uh, Mark was at a church service. And um, as he was preaching, um, he felt like he heard, heard, heard a word from the Lord. He felt like the Lord spoke to him. And... Uh, and the word was, Mark, tell the church that it's time to elevate our hearts above our heads. And the word continued and said, and if we don't, if you don't do that, the baby that is about to be born will be in trouble. And Mark was like, okay. And, and Mark was just, Mark was like, okay, well, you know, um, I guess we'll ask the Lord about it later. Well, the next morning, he woke up and was praying, and his phone rang, and it was the pastor of the church that he was preaching at, and he said, hey, Mark, uh, my daughter is at the hospital, 
and she's having trouble giving birth and the delivery is very complicated. I'm going to go to the hospital to pray. Would you come with me? And Mark said, yes, I'll come with you. Mark said, yeah, I'll come with you. And so they go and they get there and all kinds of doctors and a bunch of machines and there's cords everywhere and there, there lays this woman great with child and, and the doctor runs in and says, hey, we need you. He says, he said, he tells the lady, he says, he says, your baby's in trouble. Your baby's in trouble. And she said, okay, you know, as a mom, you'd be freaking out. I'm sure. I mean, and he says, he says, the only answer, this is the only answer that I have is we got to elevate your heart above your head. And everyone's kind of looking around like, Elevate a heart. And she the, the Joseph, she looks down. How am I gonna how am I gonna do that? And the doctor says, get her out of bed, get her out of bed, get her out of bed. And the lady gets to the floor and they put her on the floor and 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 she's on the ground. She goes, Okay, what do I do next? <laughs> the doctor said, You gotta put your head on the floor and elevate your heart over your head. And then Mark suddenly realized, oh, elevating our heart above our head is worship. We got to elevate our heart over our head. That's what God is saying. So, Father, today, here at the gathering place at 11.58 a.m. on August the 2nd, 2020, we elevate our hearts. We elevate our hearts over our heads. And we say, Father, come. Give us our focus. Give us our focus. Give us our focus back. Give us clarity. We don't want to go, we don't want to be freaking out. We don't want to be fearful, but we want to have faith. And I'm coming back to the heart of Worship, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you it's all about you jesus and i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it when it's all about you it's all about you jesus today if you're here maybe you're watching but if you're here in this moment if you say pastor i've been out of focus 
and I need God to focus me again. Come join me right here. Father, we thank you for focus. Come on, we thank you for focus. Fresh focus today. Fresh focus today. It's all about you. It's all about you. I want to say it's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you. We focus, Lord. We focus, Lord. We focus, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you. Focus. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Yes, it is. I'm coming back. Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord. Father, I thank you for this morning and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it didn't fall on deaf ears, but it gained a root in their hearts, not in their minds, but in their hearts. And Father, we thank you that we're focused, that we have purpose and we have destiny because of you. Father, we 